nuanced conversations and explore topics that demand your attention and awareness. There is no topic off limits here. Together we will seek to find the middle path, explore the polarities of darkness and light, left and right, grace and grit. As a writer, life coach, and seasoned yogi, I'm in the business of awareness and conscious action. I'm here to create space for the conversations that need to be had in order to create solutions that bridge the divide between humans. Sensemaking will use practical, logical, philosophical, and spiritual tools to help us gain well-rounded perspectives on issues that strike a chord. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today I'm interviewing Andrea Parker, police detective turned human potential coach. We talk about the requirement of courage to really go after what you want in life, to tap into what you actually desire. Andrea knew right away that policing, it wasn't going to be the thing. But even knowing that, it was still a challenge to move on, to leave safety and security behind, to actually go after what she wants. I hope that you gain some insight into your own circumstance after this conversation. Where have you almost made it? You know, where are you shooting yourself into thinking, you know, I, I should be happy I think I found the right place. Where is there more for you, my friend? What is it that you really want? If you took all shoulds away and fully stepped into what you want and who you're meant to be, what would that look like? This conversation is light. It's fun. I think you're really going to gain a lot out of this talk. And I'm really excited to hang out with Andrea in person at the Kid Carson event here at the end of February. Um, There are a lot of really, really good people that are going to be there at that event. And you know what, guys? It's just going to be a good month. I'm also speaking at the Set Up for Sovereignty event in Sylvan Lake, Alberta on February 4th. So I have a jam-packed month of up and close and personal uh, connections with people just like you, you know, the good humans, (laughs) the sense makers, the awake community. You guys know who I'm talking about. I'm pretty excited for this month. Before we get into the show, I have to pay the bills. This episode is brought to you by The Sovereign. The Sovereign is my unique membership series for a world gone wild. You literally have everything that you could possibly need to not only handle the world, my friends, to thrive in it, to feel good, to feel connected, to feel supported. We meet three times weekly for live group coaching calls. We talk about your business. We talk about your spirit, your relationships, what you're creating. I bring in experts to talk about everything sovereign, health, wealth freedom systems, wellness, and you also gain my online wellness studio with practices for your mental health, for your body, and for your soul. It literally is everything you need to keep moving forward, no matter what's happening out there in that wild clown world. 
see the link in my bio for more information. And with that, let's get into the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sense Making Podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway, and I have with me my friend Andrea Parker. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Woohoo! I'm so excited for this. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming here. Thanks for giving uh, me some of your time. Uh, I, I know you're really busy right now. You're uh, quickly becoming an event speaker. You're going to be at the Kit Carson event that's around the corner. Can't wait to see you there. Um, I met you through Sarah Swain and through our Monetize Your Mind community, which I absolutely love. And uh, you're you're in the Freedom Family. You're in the uh, Awake community. So I, I always love getting to know um, you fine folks. For people that don't know who Andrea is, can you give us kind of the Coles notes of uh, what you're currently doing for work? And then we'll get a little bit into your backstory. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just really quickly, I was a police detective. I transitioned into, I call myself a human potential coach, which really means I help people bring the best out of themselves. So I love working with the leaders, the driven entrepreneurs, just the courageous humans who really have this desire to, to not only bring the best out of themselves, but to really see how fun life and business can get. So that's kind of the realm that I've been playing with for the past, I don't know, six, seven years. And I think what is really exciting is I've done so much behind the scenes to, I feel like I've been embodying getting ready for this, this time. So I'm really excited that I'm at this point where it is time to share some of the stuff we've been playing with. Mm, amazing. Um, how long were you a police officer for? about 10 years. So about 10 years longer than I wanted to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So you kind of knew right away that this line of work wasn't going to be for you. Well, it's funny because most of my childhood, I was like, it was more of a, a call to, I, I just felt like this, I was being pulled to go into policing, but it was like this push pull. I didn't want to actually do it, but I, I felt like it was what I was supposed to do not not an inspired yay I get to do this it was more of a oh shit I gotta I gotta do this so I actually dedicated like I went all in on this and the moment I think that I officially knew it wasn't for me was the first day of police college so I got hired and there was a couple hundred other officers around and we're sitting at our police college in this this auditorium and I just remembered like just sinking in my chair being like oh shit, <laughs> what did I just do? I, I literally felt like I sold my soul to the devil. Like it sounds dramatic, but I feel like every bit of what my heart wanted had to almost totally go in the opposite direction in order to, to do what I thought I had to do to be successful. Were you from like a, a family of police officers? Like what, what was the goal? No, I wasn't from a family of police officers. So what did, what, for me, I love getting to the truth of things. Like my mom would always kind of half joke with me growing up. She's like, I feel like you're interrogating me. I'm like, I'm not interrogating. I'm just genuinely curious. I want to know all the things. And part of my design is I love connecting bigger picture patterns. So that combined with, I'm naturally curious when I would add, 
go to my aunt's in the summer and she'd be like, okay, there's, there's sirens outside, go get on your bike, go figure out what's going on. And then don't come back until you know the story. So I think I got addicted at an early age to figuring out like, Ooh, there's lights and sirens. What's happening. So it was more, I can see now why I had to do it. The reason I did it partly is it was the quickest way for me to accelerate my growth. I know that now back then I didn't know that I didn't understand that it, it actually was a point where it, it was really challenging. Like it was really hard to go against something where I felt like I, I couldn't be me anymore. I felt like I couldn't actually have the things, be the things, do the things. I felt like I had to give myself up for a, a job in which I did not feel aligned. And at the same time, I was actually really good at it. I accelerated really quickly in what I did. I think it's because I, I have, I like to make people feel safe. And I was doing things in that role that people who were on the job for like 10 years didn't even have an opportunity to do. And I did it within the first three months. So I accelerated really quickly um, through that, but I also accelerated in my own personal journey. So it was actually this, this disconnection from the self that actually led me on this journey to connect back to what's really important to me. And I'm really grateful for it because it really really made me go deeper than I think I ever would have been willing to go. And it made me do things in a way that I think if it wasn't so fucking scary, I wouldn't have done the things that I've done to get to here. Mm -hmm. What, what type of police work did you do? Cause we know that there are police officers on the road. There's people that go into schools and back office crime scenes, murders, all the things. What type of policing did you do? And what parts were the things that were really going against your true nature? So what I started on, and, and everyone will start on the road. So typically it takes about five years to, it's like you have to do different classes till you graduate until you're eligible to apply somewhere else. So I, I started in the road and I, I actually worked in more of a rural spot at one point. So there was no other females. So this is where I got the opportunity to do things where I was doing sexual assault investigations. I was doing uh, death notifications. I was doing things that you shouldn't be doing when you're new on the thing. And it actually helped me to, it's like skipping a grade. I like, I got to skip a grade, which usually doesn't happen. So I got to get off the road within three years and I accelerated into, to me, I hated the road because I, I couldn't do the night shifts. And I got to the point where it's like, I really wanted to help people. And I wasn't helping people. I was just reacting to their worst day. I wasn't actually coming to the point where I could help them to implement deep train change and transformation and fun and all these things. So that was part of it. Then I took a step into schools, which was kind of cool because I got to have a little bit more impact. I got to what I ended up doing is, is really just mostly coaching the principals and the superintendents and the really high up. I ended up just becoming their personal coach. And then I got into the youth office where I was basically in charge of, of running all the things that have to do with youth. And, and what was there that I really kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't hate this as much, but I'm ready to actually do the thing that I know I'm meant to do. So it was kind of a, a transition from I'm in survival, like I'm 
fucking terrified of going all in on the the road the road was fear to me being a patrol officer was so much fear and because I was different like I was genuinely happy I was very driven I like to do the best the platoon I had at the time just happened to be the opposite so I, I became very aware that by me shining so to speak made me very unpopular with my colleagues which made me feel very unsafe because if I was me and I shine and I do a good job and I care I felt like literally I didn't have anyone to have my back so it was there that I I started to learn the importance of of allowing yourself to go all in on who you are even if if it doesn't make sense on the outside so that was kind of starting my transition from survival to okay I gotta choose myself and once I started choosing myself I transitioned into things that were more up my alley that were I could bring my essence out I could I could feel safer but the end goal was always let's get me the hell out of policing Mm -hmm. like I I was driven I invested in all the things the courses the workshops the the coaches like literally everything like thousands and thousands of dollars but I still felt like something was missing and I still felt like I still felt like I wasn't I didn't really even understand what I was missing I just felt like I was rubbing up against this this energy of I felt stuck I felt trapped and it wasn't until my wife and I we came up with this brilliant plan well we thought it was a brilliant plan and we're like let's get a rental property and then we'll get passive income and then we'll free you from policing so we went all in on this like we when I do something I go all in so we went all in and we renovated we duplexed it we created a network we did all these things and I was starting to feel hope like I was starting to feel like okay I can see the light here and then the day after we finished the renovation I got a call. I remember I was sitting in my police car. It was winter. I was freezing. And Mel called me and she was in the grocery store by the freezer section. And she's crying. And she's like, our rental just flooded. And I was like, oh my God. So as quickly as we were like, yes, we're free. It was like, fuck me. Like it, it literally felt like everything came crashing down. And I'm really grateful for that moment because that was the moment where we went deeper and we're like, we can't do it alone anymore, but we're ready to stop kind of playing in this 60% of our potential zone. And we're ready to, to actually do the thing. And that's what kind of sparked me to transition into the work that I do now. Um, going deeper with, with more of the beliefs, you're not going to create what you want. You create what you believe. And I just kept recreating the same things over and over again, based out of fear. So through doing that, I was able to really start doing it from my heart. And it was a total different energy. And and when you do that, magic truly does happen. So you said you were doing a lot of things out of fear before. Is that what pushed you into policing? Because you sound like a very aware person. So you knew that it wasn't right, right away, but what was, what was the thing that was scaring you into policing enough that you would completely bypass your own intuition? Totally. So for me, it was, and mostly it was an unconscious fear. It's like, I knew, but I, at the same time, I wasn't fully consciously aware of of what was driving me, but 
But really what it was, it was the fear of financial security. So I grew up with a single mom and I, I never wanted her to have to feel like she had to pay things for me. Like I, I paved my own way. And it was at a certain point where it was like, no one's coming to save me. No one's going to free me. If I want to live the lifestyle that I want and have fun and, and freedom and all these things, I, I felt that I needed to find a way to provide for myself. And policing was, was a lower hanging fruit of, well, I, I could do that. And that will get me the outside security that I'm looking for. And I was just driven by feeling safe that I could actually have the life that I love. And I think that is the moment where I realized it's not about the outer success. Like to me, true success is living from the values of your heart. But I think if I didn't go through this fear of being driven that I have to give up my heart to have success, I never would have actually integrated the knowingness at such a deep level. Mm. It's, it's really interesting that this is where that road took you. I have quite a few friends that are police officers here in Ontario where I live. And a, a lot of them have PTSD. Uh, a lot of them are in, incredibly frustrated with the profession because there's a lot of blame put on police officers for things not going well. We have a lot of crime, a lot of drug addiction in our town. And truthfully, the police are doing everything that they're allowed to do. And they go and find people and they arrest them. And the next day, the court lets them out. And it's causing a lot of mental distress um, with my friends. And they have to bypass their feelings constantly. They, they see horrific things every single day. And the only way to deal with that is to compartmentalize it put it in a box until eventually that starts coming and like bubbling out and they have to quit. So while that you spent 10 years in an industry that said, don't listen to your heart, ignore your feelings. <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. I would like to feel those now, please. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so, it's, it is funny because it's, it really is mastery level and I knowing my soul my soul is like super impatience like let's see how fast I could grow so I could see why on a bigger picture level I would have picked policing because you do you have to what happens usually is you're forced into feeling your way into things or thinking your way into things and both get you stuck because you end up spinning if you're in your thoughts that's not the truth and if you're in your emotions that doesn't feel safe the true way to, to really create a life that you love while creating true safety is actually through your heart. But we're not taught how to do that. We're not taught the kind of the rules of the game on how to actually feel safe doing things a new way, creating in a new way, being in a new way. And it's actually the opposite of everything we've been taught. It's opposite of the systems. It's opposite of how we've been conditioned to, to live. It's opposite of the, the success we, we've been taught growing up or conditioned to believe. And it actually gets to be something that's, that's fully you, fully aligned, fully fun, fully in, in a totally new energy. But it's almost like you have to be willing to let go of the fear and have the courage to do it a new way. 
was that process easy for you um leaving policing because i i feel like this is where most humans get stuck like you said we want safety um and then our thinking gets in the way well i already went to school for two three years for this position and now i'm in it and i've invested x amount of years in it so now i'm stuck so there's actually just nothing else i could do and we put ourselves in this box, right? There, there's clearly nothing I could do. There's no way out of this. Um, it, that part doesn't seem like that was as hard for you because from day one, you're like, don't get me the hell out of here. Well, it's so funny because even when I went to my coach or mentor from day one, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to quit. Just tell me to quit. I'm going to quit. And she's like, no, don't quit. That's not smart. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to quit, but I really want to quit. And for years, what I had been integrating and working on, so I created my, my coaching business on the side. I, I wasn't like, all our, I'm going to quit and I'm just going to go into this. I, I built it on the side, which was really hard for me because there was a lot of energy, but also it forced me to do my inner work on policing. And I'm really grateful that I did it this way, because if you leave something out of desperation, you end up just recreating the thing. So I didn't want to do that. I actually wanted to leave from inspiration. So I knew in my heart, like as much as I wanted to leave, I knew it wasn't wise. So I had integrated, I had done all this work. And then a, a couple of years later, I remember I had walked into the office and it was something so simple. It was something so little. And my heart just spoke to me that day and said, it's time to leave. You got to leave. And at that point I was like, oh shit, I'm not ready to leave. I don't want to leave. That's terrifying. So, and it just so happened, I had a, a coaching call with, with my mentor that day. And for all these years, she's like, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. And this particular time, I think she felt what was coming through my heart. And she's like, you have to leave. And I was like, no, I don't want to leave now. It's like, that's fucking scary. It's like, in my mind, I was like, yes, get me out of here. But when it actually came to it, it didn't make sense. Like on paper, I had finally come to the, the realization I was cool writing out my position for another two years. I could get my work done in three hours. The other times I was just working on my coaching business. I, ha I had the flexibility, freedom to do what I wanted, basically when I wanted. I was making over six figures. It didn't make sense for me to leave. I was at the height of my career. Everybody thought I was nuts. I literally could have just showed up and done nothing and got paid really well. But I also knew that if you challenge yourself to listen to your heart, get into action and do the thing, it's the safest way to live, which is so annoying because it's like, oh, this is so scary. But I did it. I, I, I worked on some of the fears that were popping up. I ended up putting myself through like almost like this, this retreat so that I could hear my my heart calling me louder than my fears were. And a month later, I ended up walking into my sergeant's office. My knees were shaking. I had rehearsed what I was going to say. And I was like, basically, I can't do it. Like I, I told him and he's like, are you sure? He's like, this makes no sense. And I was like, I know. And, and it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. My coaching business wasn't at a point where it would have financially supported us. Like it didn't make sense. And this happened to be December of 2019. So what I didn't know what was going to happen is February of 2020, 
is that things were going to start shutting down and that my role was going to look much different in policing. So when I left, I left at the, the peak of the market. So I commuted my pension at a very generous market rate. I ended up getting to travel to California and do some really cool speaking opportunities. I, I ended up leaving from inspiration on my terms. Then February comes around and things start closing down. Our pensions, I wouldn't have been able to commute. So if we stayed, uh, they would have got frozen. So I wouldn't have been able to leave when I wanted to leave and actually get the money I wanted to get. My position, I would have had to go back on the road, which for sure would have killed my soul. It would have impacted my relationship with Mel. Like it would have been a fucking nightmare. And I would have been stuck there like for, for an extended period of time. And I would have then left out of desperation. So I truly, it was challenging, like to leave, even though it was from inspiration was, it took so much courage to be like, okay, I've been training for this. I can do this. And I, I teach this and it's not going to be easy, but it was the safest thing that I could have done looking back now. So so the biggest takeaway I think from that is when you challenge yourself, like when you get really clear on what your heart wants and you do whatever you can, like do your best to bring that out into the world. And then you just trust like, okay, I've done my best. I trust the universe is smarter than me at this point. It's going to work out. It will work out, but you have to be willing to be all in. And I was, I was all in at this point. Like, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm all in. Hmm. What, what was scarier, the fear of failing or the fear of it working? Because um, that's a sneaky one. I find so many people are actually terrified of things working. They just haven't uncovered that yet. Oh my God, it's working. Now I have to show up. Now there's people there. What will happen to my time? <laughs> it's working. I'm successful. Oh no. It's so true. Yeah. People aren't scared of failure. They're mostly scared of success. For me, I had an incident a couple years prior where I was basically, I went for a run and I came back and I had a, an anaphylactic reaction and I didn't know it until I was driving to which was a stupid idea. I was driving to the walk-in clinic because my doctor said, you're not going to make it to the hospital. Just go to the walk-in clinic. So I was driving there. And as I was driving there, I went into a full anaphylactic reaction. And basically my insides were swelling from the inside and it was excruciating and I was almost losing consciousness. I ended up having to, things I don't recommend is stabbing yourself with an EpiPen as you're driving in rush hour traffic. Like it wasn't a great idea. But I came to a point where I wasn't sure if I was actually going to make it to the walk-in clinic. I didn't know if I was going to make it at all. And I just remember praying to my angels, my God, whoever the fuck was going to listen. And I committed to myself that I was willing to do whatever it took for me to not just be here, but to truly live life, like live it to the fullest, like go, go for it to really go for it. Because the thing that scared me the most about that is I know that I didn't do what I came here to do. And I think what I came here to do is to enjoy life, to, to like 
really experience life, but also help other people do it. So when it came to me deciding, am I going to leave policing? Am I going to be successful? Am I not going to be successful? Am I going to fear? I think the thing that scared me the most was me not allowing myself to live a life worth living. Mm -hmm. That was my why. And I was like, I'm willing to try whatever it takes for me to do that. So I think because I had a big enough why, because I promised myself, like, it's going to be scary and I'm cool with it being scary, but it's scary or not actually like when I take my last breath, I don't want to be like, fuck, I missed the point. Like I, I didn't go for it. I didn't try. I didn't have fun. I didn't see how good life can get. Like that's the thing that scared me the most. I also heard you say that you're someone that does things a hundred percent. And I remember a teacher of mine saying once, the way you do one thing is how you do everything. You know, the the people that like to think about ideas and get excited, but like never do it. They do that with health and wellness. They do it with work. They do it with renovations on their house. They just like thinking about it, but they never actually do the thing. Um, that also might've been scary because that's not you. You're the, I'm gonna go in a hundred percent person, which means no safety net no job in the background making sure that you were okay you knew instinctually that you were going to set everything ablaze take yeah. the safety net away because you had to do it a hundred percent so that might have been the thing that <laughs> was a little scary too because you're like here we go a hundred percent that and also i it wasn't just me it was i wanted to make sure mel like my my partner felt safe because i was the one making the majority of our income. It wasn't just me. It was like, okay, how can I do it in a way where, and, and she was fully on board. She's like, we'll figure it out. But it was, it wasn't like, yeah, we'll just use your income. It was like, okay, we're going to have to really band together and, and figure this out as a team. So it was kind of that next level of, of trust. Hmm. So what happened when you took the safety blanket away? So what ended up happening and it's, it's funny because I know this, but things do happen for you that won't happen for other people and things don't make sense. So what ended up happening is we ended up, let me, let me say one more thing about the fear of, of actually doing it. One reason why I also didn't want to leave is because one of our dreams was to live on a lake. And I was like, I don't understand how we would get approved like it didn't logistically make sense how I would get approved for our lake life and actually being able to do it because banks want certain income. And it was just like, it's, just, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it, but I was like, I'm just going to trust that we're going to be able to do it. So what we ended up doing is, is we ended up working together. Mel ended up continuing her business at the time. I, I allowed myself to, to really do the opposite of what I was usually doing. So instead of pushing, 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 I actually slowed down. I actually did a lot of integrating and embodying and it allowed me the space to actually do some of the, the lifestyle changes that I needed to. And then what ended up happening, once we kind of got that going is we, we went in all in our business. And the cool thing is, we ended up getting to do all the things that we wanted to do in an accelerated rate. 
It was actually the opposite of what I thought it would be. I didn't think we'd be able to live on the lake. We ended up, we thought it would be like five years. We ended up moving the next year and we ended up buying. That's a whole nother story of next level trust. Most people wouldn't do it because it's kind of sounds insane on paper. Um, But we ended up making that happen with both of us not really showing the income and getting our dream house on our dream lake with dream neighbors. And it's like, we now have the most amazing clients that I could ever possibly think of. Mel had a painting business at the time and she ended up getting to leave her painting business and we partnered together. So we get to work together. We get to have our lifestyle. We get to have more fun. We get to play. We get to really do the things that we really wanted to do. So it was actually the safest thing for us to do. And it, it's almost like crazy backwards land. It was like all the things I didn't think I could get, we ended up accelerating. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I can tell that you just actually have like just a big desire to serve and help other people. And what's coming to mind is chasing a goal and and getting there and it being close but it's not quite right. And that's where it falls flat. Um, I used to have a yoga studio and I thought, yes, like this is it, this is the thing. And then I was kind of forced to close because of the lockdowns and I set myself up online and that's when I started studying coaching and, and studying under people. And then I thought, okay, this is the thing. But within that container, I was still kind of censored and I'm supposed to be a certain way. And it wasn't all that successful and I wasn't all that happy until I had to do like the next thing, the the scary thing, until I was willing to do the scary thing and actually step into working exactly how I want to work with exactly who I want to want and letting go of all of the rules. Then I was like, oh, those other steps, that was just close enough. And how many people stop there? Because on paper, yeah, you said you wanted to serve. There you go. You said uh, you want this type of work. There you go. And we get stuck there. And then that's where we start shitting ourselves into, be ha- into uh, you know, you should be happy. And we trick ourselves. And that's when people start drinking and, and doing all the other things. And look how happy I am. Like, no, no, you're not actually fully happy because it's not quite there. You're almost there, but not quite there. Uh, exactly. And to, to kind of touch on your point too, like we tried so many things where people would be like, you guys are crazy. Like we've tried all the things we're like, maybe we'll have a property management company. Maybe we'll have, we went into network marketing. Maybe we'll try like a dog's uh, dog. Like we, thought of and tried ideas that we don't even share half of them. because so we're like, there's so many things that we've tried in that journey, but it is it. You learn more about yourself and you're like, is this what I really want to do? Or am I doing this? Cause I feel like I should do this. I need something to do. Mm-hmm. And eventually you get more clear and more clear and more clear. And that really is the path. It just becoming more clear on what's aligned. What is the next best thing? What is the thing that feels good? And then releasing the self-judgments along the way of, oh yeah, I actually can live the life that I want. And I think that was one of the things that we had to learn in, in entrepreneurship as well, is that 
I think as entrepreneurs, we're really great at tricking ourselves being like, yeah, I have lifestyle and I have freedom and I have all these things. And it's like, but did you just create another nine to five job for yourself where you're actually not allowing yourself to have the joy, to have the, the business that loves you back, to have the clients and the money and all the things. So that was another step in even that I think we, thank God we experienced that last year because it allowed us to, we burned our business to the ground and, and we were like, it, we're ready to be like, let's get paid to have fun. Let's get paid to, to, to help people in ways that help them have fun. And, and I think that is super important, whether you are in a profession or whether you're a, an entrepreneur or you're looking to transition is sometimes you have to do the shoulds until you can do the love twos, but you have to be conscious and aware of when it's time to make that shift. And often we get stuck in just creating a should business instead of a love to business, whether you are just starting out multiple six, seven figure business owners, the sooner you can align your time and energy with what you would actually love to do, it's going to be more fun. But that's also where you're going to have the greatest impact, the greatest service. And then you'll have and be able to receive the money and the time and all those things because of that. But you have to be willing to challenge yourself to also do the love to business. And that's a whole nother thing of self-trust. Like what's the business you'd love? What's the, the clients that you would love? And, and really opening your heart to, yes, you can have that. It is possible. Mm. How did you choose your teachers, the people that would mentor you, the people that would train you? Um, because it seems like when I go on Instagram, there there's so many coaches. There's lots of people that call themselves coaches. And what I've especially experienced in the last three years is those little letters after people's names don't really mean anything to me anymore. MD, where you went to university, you know, trust the experts. So I don't necessarily think that certification is the thing that makes a coach valuable. Uh, I do believe in education. I am highly educated. I've taken a lot of different certifications. That being said, there are a lot, there are amazing coaches out there that don't have those certifications. And on the flip side, there's people with zero certifications that are actually not qualified for the job, that are charging a lot of money for their services, um, that are neither intuitive or trained. So how does one seek out a good teacher knowing that certifications could mean you're good or bad, but not necessarily. And how, like, how do you choose? How do you choose a teacher, a mentor, a coach? So there's a couple, two, two things that I think are helpful. So a, if you are a coach or somebody who does it, two things you need is one, you need to feel like an expert. So if for some people, they need to have all the certifications to feel like an expert. Some people, they don't. And the other thing is they need to do their inner game. They need to have good self-worth. They need to, to actually do walk their talk, do the deeper work. And then in choosing a mentor, I highly, highly believe in, in choosing someone who is aligned with your values, your vision, but is also quote unquote successful in the thing that you want to do. 
and this is individual. So for me, the way I, I kind of picked my mentors and I'm, I'm very blessed in who my mentors are. Like I have, it just so happens. So, so what is aligned with my values? I want to know the real deal truth. Like I want to know the universal principles. I want to know the, the, the deep, deep, deep knowingness of why things are the way they are and how to create a true transformation. So I just so happened, I think part of it was divinely guided. And I think part of it was, I really set the intention of, of the types of people I wanted in my life. But I, I'm very grateful that my mentors are the OGs though. They're also like the, the 60 ish old school kind of mentors, which are not for everybody because they do it an, an older way, which actually had to make me to take, take what they did and kind of transcend it into the new way of doing things. Cause sometimes the trailblazers aren't necessarily allowing it to be in the new energy, but I like the OG trailblazers. Like I have one of the top world-class human behavioral specialists as one of my mentors. One of them is the creator of the heart freedom method. She is amazing at what she does. I have some of the, she's like my spiritual wizard. Like they are the ones who have been collecting the knowledge, the data, they, they integrate in themselves. The reason they do this mostly though, is because at a core, they want to increase their consciousness. They want to also serve others, but that's their core. This is actually, I think, such a funny coincidence. Two of my mentors, they were born, and this is just sidebar. I just think you might find interesting if you know human design. So they were born on the same day. They were both born on the cross of consciousness. And if I looked at my profile, I was also born on the cross of consciousness. So I think for me, I really did. Once you admit what you want, the people will appear. It almost sounds silly, but it, they really, if you're open to them, but then you have to challenge yourself to say, am I willing to step up and be the person, be the me that I need to, to work with these people? Cause it's not easy working with the Omuchi real deal. It's fucking hard. I don't recommend it. If that's not your journey, work with someone who can take that information and condense it and make it into something that you can apply. Like for me, I, I truly enjoy that. So I guess the quickest way to answer your question is find someone who resonates with you on a deeper level, aligned with your values, but who you trust can also get you to where you want to go. And if they're not in that space of where you want to go, or you don't feel confident that they're the ones that are going to help you, even though you're responsible for your results, but if you don't feel like they're the guide to help you, they're probably not the right fit. doesn't matter if they're working with other people or charging a certain amount, go with what your heart's saying, not what your, your logical mind's saying. Hmm. Also in like the last few years, I have like an extra category that my coaches, my mentors, my personal trainers, my bankers, anyone I hire needs to fit in. Do you know what's going on in the world right now? <laughs> um, if I can tell that they don't through conversation, I can't hire them right now. 
it it's for me it seems so essential that they know what's going on how could i go to some like and coaches don't give advice per se they're not advice givers but i can't go to someone for mentorship right now that doesn't know what's going on at the same time i want them to be present in reality but not tanked by reality because that was something i had to sit with this year when i hired uh one of my coaches I was like, it seems pretty scary right now. Should I be taking this money and hiding it under my mattress right now? Is it the time to invest in myself and grow? Or is it the time to squirrel away my money? Is is this smart? And I was watching what my mentors were doing. And I really had to sit with that. I needed to sit with logic and reason, but also my heart. And I decided I could give up today. I could sit with logic and reason and say, no, it's too scary. I'm going to squander. I'm just going to hide this money. And that just felt so bleak. And I decided I choose to believe that my life is long and beautiful, no matter what's going on around me. And I'm going to hire the person that sees reality like me, but also believes that success is possible now that isn't afraid of the world right now do people ever ask you like these kinds of questions when they get on discovery calls they're like andrea do you do you know what's going on out there like i I imagine that you're facing extra fear right now because things things are a little scary right now do you do you find that people are more hesitant to invest in themselves right now i actually find so it's usually the people who come see me are the the leaders, the ones who are holding the space for all the other people. They're the ones who are, Sarah Swain is just such a great example. Most people know who she is. Like she's the one who's doing the thing, she's out there. So I'm the secret weapon for those types of people who are are really at their point of, and when people come to me, it's, it's not usually, usually it's a challenge, but usually the challenge is, okay, I know I'm, I'm only at the 60%. How can I, I'm on the verge of something. I I want to play greater. I want to, to do those things. So usually when people come to me, they're already like, yes, I already know the investment. I already know all these things. The new challenge is doing it a new way. How can you feel safer going slower? How can you feel safer being more vulnerable? How can you feel safer not being driven by, productivity and pushing and going and all these things while leveraging what's happening in the world to your advantage. Because I truly believe we're here to be creators. I don't think we're here just to to live life and be reactionary and all those things. I think I really believe that we're here to create and and bring our essence out and explore and have self-discovery and and to really see what we're we're here to do. And if you can use what's happening in the world to your advantage by seeing the perfection and seeing how this is actually helping you become more masterful in being a creator, in, in your human spiritual evolution, if you can use that to your advantage, you don't have to trick yourself into doing it. It then becomes an inspired way of creating. So it's more of a, a perspective shift on seeing the bigger picture. And I think that's where a lot of people do get stuck in 
I think a lot of people get stuck in missing the point and seeing how some of the challenges that happen to us, whether it's what's happening for the great awakening, the collective consciousness or individual, if you're experiencing that, that really painful challenge, the reason we have challenges is either to point us in a direction or guide us somewhere that we otherwise wouldn't have gone. Maybe we knew we had to go there, but we're like kicking and screaming, like, I don't want to do it. Or maybe we had no idea. Or the other reason we have challenges is because we haven't learned a lesson. We just keep repeating the same thing over and over again because we're not seeing that it was actually, there was a benefit in it. Hmm. So that's the biggest thing when people come to me is helping them to feel safe in the now feeling safe with all the conscious, unconscious things that might be happening, yes, in the world, but also in pursuit of them playing bigger, while allowing themselves to embody a whole new way of doing it, which is usually thriving, which is usually scary because people are like, it doesn't feel like anyone else is thriving. It's like, that's the new challenge is thriving and being okay, being happy and joyful when you might be surrounded by other people who might not necessarily have that same experience. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it was a, a choice for sure. I choose to see things this way. Well, here's a question for you because I, I really see the value in slowing down. And I was joking with you before we hit the record button that I'm trying to break the habit of being myself. <laughs> so what I know to be true about me is I am that person that's like, go, 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 go. And I decided that, okay, if I want to do this well, I need to slow down. And I'm going to take not just a week in January, I'm going to take all of January and I'm going to be slow and I'm going to tidy up loose ends and I'm going to make all these beautiful calendars and I'm going to manifest and meditate more. And then I looked at my calendar on January 3rd and every single time slot was filled, my calendar (laughs) for the month. And I went, oh, Shit, and it's been the busiest month I've had forever. What is that? One, was the universe like, you learned your lesson, boom, here's your blessings. <laughs> was was it that? Or do you think I am being asked to um, dig a little deeper? Because for one, I had to learn how to let go. All right, if I desire ease and flow, how do I find it in this, in this new container? Or could it be a lesson of you need to plan in advance more <laughs> if you want this to happen? It's a little bit of what often happens is when we want to go, like, we want to go slower. We want to savor the deliciousness of life. Like, these are great things to say. But if we <laughs> don't feel safe, both consciously and subconsciously doing that, it's like, we can go slow. Like you can have a great morning routine, but if you're feeling anxious and your brain's going the whole time, it's like, we're not actually integrating and embodying it. So it could be an invitation to, for you specifically, what I think would be helpful is, yeah, I I do think there is some, some beliefs that you could go deeper on probably at a cellular level that just need to be upgraded. Um, Cause The biggest thing with going slower is, and I know this because I'm so impatient with my growth. So I've really had to do my work on this. So I know it and I know how you feel. 
is the slower you go, the faster you grow, because when you go slower, it forces you to feel the things and go deeper and be more vulnerable and actually uh, experience things that typically we push down with our busyness because it feels safer. Mm -hmm. And at, at first it's like, you have to kind of just do the thing to do the thing and it's going to feel uncomfortable, but you don't have to keep pushing through it. It's actually wiser to, to just dissolve it. So we could dissolve at a cellular level. You could move through it. So you're not continuously pushing up against the resistance because a, a key, a key clue that you have a subconscious block or belief is you're doing the thing, but there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of struggle that comes with it. Or you're you're doing it, but you're getting opposite results. So I want to have a slow month, but then I attract the opposite. It's so funny. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I had just finished reading uh, The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. And it feels like that story because Michael Singer decided that he wanted to be very slow and move to a cabin in the middle of nowhere and just meditate. He just wanted to meditate. But at some point during his meditation journey, he got this message saying, surrender to the flow of life. So he said, okay, I'm going to surrender to the flow of life. And what kept on happening was more and more people, more and more opportunities kept on showing up in his life to the point where eventually he was this like high powered millionaire CEO and never wanted that, didn't ask for that, but had committed to surrendering to the flow of life. And I'm, I'm trying to bring Michael Singer in this month, just like, yes, you know, plan for next month to be slow and, you know, surrender to the flow of life because this is also a blessing. Yeah. And you can't trick your way through this. I, I get the sense that you genuinely were like, I'm, I'm ready to go slow. And by genuinely challenging yourself to go slow, you then opened your heart to allowing what was trying to come through. Mm -hmm. But if you tried to force it, I need to go slow. I need to go slow. Or I have to keep pushing. I have to keep pushing. You're now closing. You're blocking off that flow coming to you. So you're actually resisting the things that are trying to come through. So you actually did it. And that's why it's almost like crazy backwards land. So it's like the things that would have been so much harder to do come with ease. And the reason they're coming with ease is because you're, your heart's open. You're tapped into allowing it to come to you. You're not blocking it anymore. hundred uh, percent. This experience could feel icky if I was trying to resist the busyness and I'm just having fun. Like I'm riding a bull right now. So that's all good. We'll just keep bringing it. Yeah, cool. I love that. Well, Andrea, I know that I have a uh, limited time here for you. Um, I know there's a lot of people resonating with what you're saying here. Um, you have some speaking engagements coming up. You have some workshops coming up. Can you tell us about those? Yeah, we have we have so many fun things happening right now. I'm I'm really excited for so we have Kid Carson and Friends event. That one's coming up on February 25th in Toronto. So and I know you're going to be there on that one, and you're just saying you're going to be VIP. So I can't wait. That one's going to be awesome. So if you you want to kind of get dive deeper into some of the stuff we've been talking about, but there's some awesome speakers for that one. And if you really want to accelerate on some of the, like actually go deep in for yourself, the one I'd recommend is the Accelerate Your Growth Workshop. So this is the workshop that literally changed it all, business and life for, for Mel and I. 
and, and we teach it to all of our clients. So that one is a small intimate group. We do it virtually. That one's, we do it twice this spring or once, uh, I think the next one's February 10th and 11th. So we're about 50% sold out on that one. Um, if you are interested in that one, I highly, highly recommend that one. Uh, it is on my website, andreaparkercoaching.com, just under the play shops. But that is that is the quickest way. Some clients say they accelerated their growth by like two years. And the reason for that is day one will help you become more clear. Like, let's get clearer, clearer by releasing the self-judgment. Let's move through those blocks. Let's actually get to the, the root, the cellular level, so that then day two, you can actually get super potently clear on what is the thing I want to create? Not the thing you think you want to create, but the thing you actually want to create and then go all in on doing that. So you have a blueprint on how to actually take action step right from that moment. So that one, I, I can't, that one is a must. I do it on myself at least every six months and it is always a game changer. Okay. I'm going to have to look into this because this sounds right up my alley. Talk to Sarah about this one. This one changed. I think we blew her mind on this one. And I'm, I think for you, you're ready. Like it's a highly, highly recommend, especially if you're an entrepreneur, but just generally, if, if you want to expand, want to connect more with yourself while actually having the life and business that you want, this, this is the new way. Um, and we do go very deep. This is not a surface level one. So if you're looking for surface level or quick fix, it's it's not a sexy type workshop. It's we're going to do real deal shit and it's going to be it's going to be big. Okay, amazing. Um, I'm going to leave you with one last question here is. Is there anything different in the way that you coach people after going through what we went through in the last couple of years or are you so deeply rooted in these, like, I don't want to call it old school. Well, we'll call them again, universal truths. It, do those really hold up during chaotic times or is there something new or something different that's shifted in the way that you're working with people now? I would say the universal truths are what help you feel safe in understanding how to use the rules of the game. And I think at the core, that's helped me to make my clients feel safe. But I, I would say the, the thing that's really come through during this time more than ever is the importance of really going all in on what you'd love. The new way now more than ever, I think, is allowing it to be fun, allowing it to be what you would actually love. I do believe now more than ever, you can accelerate the things that maybe would have taken you five, 10, 20 years to do spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, mentally speaking, physically speaking can happen at accelerated rate. So I think it's not so much that I'm doing it differently. I think it's just playing out in a way where it can totally magnify someone's impact in ways that maybe they didn't think was possible a year ago or two years ago. Because it really is a, a really great opportunity for us to use this time here to become masters. Hmm. I love that so much. Um, the fear almost got me in the last few years. Uh, the fear almost told me it's time to be safe. You should stop doing this job that you just love. And maybe you should just be at home with your kids and focus on homesteading 
and go get a regular job because it's safer. And I grappled with that and I did the complete opposite, going balls to the walls with exactly just what do you love doing and just do that harder and best decision ever. So I, I echo that story. I think that's such a, a beautiful way. I can to feel my heart like so like happy for you as you're saying that. It's like almost like it's, it's dancing for you. So that's, I love that. It was scary. I almost just, I almost went home and was like, I guess I'm just a, a homeschool and I'll get a job at a bank and I'll play it safe. And, and I think that is the key. It does take courage to live from your heart. There's going to be fear, but you might as well, it's a different type of fear. It's a fear of, I might as well choose what I want. So you have courage. So that's the key. We need courage right now. Andrew, where can people find you? Yeah, there's a few ways. Uh, easiest, if you want to follow me on Instagram, Andrea Parker Coaching, or you can check out our website. So we have a few, we have some really fun things that will be popping up. We're just going through a, a re, repositioning. So andreaparkercoaching.com, there's some great resources. But if you also want to, to jump on our mail list, like there's going to be some really cool things happening in the next probably couple of weeks. Okay. Amazing. I'll make sure to tag all of those in the show notes. Uh, also, Andrea is in the Monetize Your Mind community with Sarah Swain that I'm a part of. Uh, Andrea and Mel coach us every Monday. So I'll make sure to tag MYM in, uh, in the show notes there as well. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrea. It was really nice getting to hang out with you today. Bam. What an episode. <laughs> I've never said bam on a podcast. Well, there's the first time for everything. Well, I hope you really enjoyed that conversation. I know I love, love, love surrounding myself with people like Andrea. The world is a wild place. Your circle of friends, your circle of influence matters so much right now. I mean, it always did. But guys, like support in this way is invaluable. Coaches, mentors, high vibrational people. If you would like to know more about Andrea or work with Andrea or go to her workshop, I know I'm going to sign up. Uh, see the show notes to find out more about Andrea. Uh, we're going to be together at the Kid Carson event in Toronto at the end of February. Um, and I also have another great event in Sylvan Lake on February 4th. This is going to be a jam-packed month filled with community, connection, and these events, guys, if you get the chance to go to them, you know, be with people in person, like-minded humans, you know who I'm talking about, the freedom thinkers, the awake community, the, the humans that know what's going on in the world, but are ready to move forward. Like those are your people, or at least those are my people anyways. So I'm super lit up about that. Uh, I can't wait to see Andrea at the event and everyone else that's going to be there. Um, yeah, if you guys like the show, please consider hitting the subscribe button or sharing this to your stories. It, it helps us a lot. Um, if you have ideas for me, people that you would like me to have conversations with, please send them my way. And with that, I will say goodbye and we will see you guys on the next episode. We'll talk to you soon.